1: Welcome to the world of Mr. Black. I am he. Uh, You are you. And the time is now for Like It Matters Radio. Living life like it matters and if you have not uh, checked out our podcast yet uh you can go to apple you can go to uh omni you can go to any place uh where you find podcasts and look up living life like it matters a twice a week uh podcast uh which part of that on mondays is story time with mr black so uh make sure you check it out like us share us uh, make a comment we love to hear from you and today on Like It Matters Radio, we're going to talk about a clown in the World Circus. You know, ladies and gentlemen, um, we're being played. You know, we hear all the time on this radio show, you've been played player.
0: Oh, we don't play that. Uh,
1: and that's what's going yeah, me don't play that. You know, we're, we're being fed a bunch of stuff. See, we are unconscious creatures. You got to get this. Remember, part of my background, I'm, I've been doing leadership development for 30 years. I'm a master practitioner of neuro-linguistic programming. My disciplines are transactional analysis, our uh, uh, multiple intelligences, logotherapy, constant never-ending improvement, emotional intelligence, uh, cognitive behavioral therapy, and I'm a man of God. I eat scripture. So I wrap it up in the Word of God because if, uh, if I can't back it up with the Word of God, then I shouldn't be saying it. And so I, I teach you how you work. And that's one of the things I love about what John and I do on this radio show and also on our po- podcast is that we pull back the curtain. We show you what's going on uh, at the unconscious level. Remember, we are unconscious creatures. Uh, We've been told that we only use three to 5% of our brain consciously. I've heard the number as high as 11%. If you're a self-actualized person like I am, someone that's constantly working to know thyself, to live an examined life, to to work to be a little bit better today than yesterday, a little bit better tomorrow than today, we call that, uh, like it matters, we call that being under construction. Uh, In the corporate world, you might call it Lean Sigma, Six Sigma, Lean Manufacturing. It's all based on Dr. Edward Deming's constant and never-ending improvement. And so I take all those uh, disciplines, all the psychology, all the biology, all the physiology, all the leadership and motivational uh, and spiritual, and I work to uncover, to tell you a story you know, it, it's kind of like this uh, Chauvin uh, trial, you know, that, uh, you know, a friend of mine uh, said that uh, yesterday he sent me a note when the, the jury was deliberating. Uh, and then a little while later sent me a note that uh, guilty. And I, and I said, um, OK, I, c- I can understand that. And I didn't say I agree or disagree. I didn't say whether I thought it was right or wrong, uh, but I can understand it. Uh, it was programmed that way, where no matter what, whether he's guilty or not. Uh, and again, you can all go into definitions, what's murder, what's manslaughter, all that stuff. But there was only one outcome for that trial. There was going to be no other outcome. I mean, these jurors had to go through security like they were going into a, 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 a huge federal prison or the vault uh, at Fort Knox. I mean, they were under, they were sequestered. I mean, all the riots in the street that we've seen for a year. I mean, Maxine Waters telling if they don't get guilty, we're going to burn this place down, basically. So, I mean, let's be honest. Uh, These people's life would be in danger. If they came out with a not guilty plea, uh, those jurors, uh, they'd be doxxed, they'd be hunted down. Uh, They know that. So uh, there was only one outcome that was going to happen. How can I say that? Because it was programmed that way. See ladies and gentlemen, we're all programmed. There's a program running. The problem is it's at the unconscious level. I mean, Madison Avenue knows this. Let's be honest. Read the book, The Power of Habit. Charles Duhigg takes a couple of different fronts. He talks about Michael Phelps and the uh, the, the, the way he would run these gold medal meets uh, because he would actually run a tape, unconscious tape, in his mind's eye of a perfect run. Uh, I talk a lot about Joseph Goebbels. Joseph Goebbels was a propaganda minister uh, at uh, for the Nazis. Uh, And he basically learned how to manipulate people. You know, he said, let me control the media and I'll turn any nation into a herd of pigs. He said it would not be impossible to prove with sufficient repetition and a psychological understanding of the people concerned that a square is, in fact, a circle. They are mere words, and words can be molded until they clothe ideas in disguise. I mean, uh, Russian, uh, uh, I forgot the guy's name. He escaped from Russia during the Cold War and in the 80s. He said this is a massive dif- disinformation campaign. We think of the KGB as the spying. He says what they've been doing is planting seeds of doubt. Uh, that social needs and thank you, Alexander social needs that and uh, uh, that and this was in the 80s. It said that what they're doing is so effective. That was 40 years ago that it gets to a point where even if you laid out all the truth, people wouldn't believe it because they've been lied to for so long and believe the lie so we're being played player. That's the key. If you know the levels of learning. And by the way, I was talking about the book Power of Habit. Charles Duhay goes not just into Michael Phelps, uh, but he also goes in Afghanistan. He was in Afghanistan, a reporter, and he saw how one general was able to become friends with the Taliban or with the Afghanistan people and the others weren't. And it was because of patterns. And he talked about all these patterns. But he also talked about Madison Avenue advertisers, people selling products and how they would condition you unconsciously to believe something's working, and he would go into depth, whether it be Pepsodent or some of those other products, that they would actually put, the manufacturer would put something in the product that has no value at all, and then later on, a lot of these we'd find out cause cancer, cause whatever else is going on, but they'd put it in there because you believed that in order for toothpaste to be working, it had to tingle, or you believed in order for shampoo to work, it had to tingle or soap up a certain, way or whatever it was, and these are things that have no correlation to the outcome or the productivity of the product, but because you believe that they matter, then they put them in there. That's what you got to get. We are unconscious creatures. I'm looking at this article from the uh, irishexaminer.com, and this was actually July 18th of 2018, so uh, three years ago. Forty percent of people have first memories that are made up. They found that the memories are fictional patchworks based on fragments of early remembered experience combined with facts derived from photos, family conversations. They could be dreams. They could be lies that they told over and over and over, over years, over decades, and then now they become real in their mind's eye. You got to realize we have the left side of our brain and the right side of the brain. Uh, and one side is where we store stuff. The other side is where we create it. And even when you mentally rehearse, when you imagine something that's not real, once you've done that, it gets stored in the left side of your brain. And I teach people how their unconscious brain works. Go to likeitmatters.net. And this morning while I was doing my daily blog, wayofwarrior.blog, check it out, wayofwarrior.blog, as I'm typing it out, as I'm typing it up, this phrase gets in my head. Quit being a clown in the World Circus, and that's what I mean by that, we're being played, we're being played. When people leave my training at likeitmatters.net, you can read about it, uh, they have a sensory acuity. Their their senses are heightened, they see things that are always there that they never saw. They heard things that were always being said but they never heard, a- and they they felt things. See, we are deaf, numb, and blind. In other words, we look but we don't see. We hear but we don't listen. And we touch, but we stop feeling anything but a lot of frustration because we're being programmed. The media is programming us. Politics is programming us. Madison Avenue is programming us. And if you're not aware of what's going on, you're nothing more than a clown in the World Circus. And this radio show is to help you from being that clown, from looking foolish so you can understand what's going on, to take you out of the pastor's seat. And put you in the driver's seat So today we got a couple guests gonna join us So that I can help you no longer Be a clown in the world circus I am Black And we'll be right back Give me 48 hours And I will give you a new beginning Give me 48 hours and I will give you hope it doesn't matter how much time we have it doesn't matter how much money we have it doesn't matter the cars the house the cash what really matters is how we live and love and how we spend our dash that's what really matters and today on like it matters radio i have labeled today's show a clown in the world circus because one thing i learned a long time ago is we're being played players you know, it's kind of like an in living color where uh, we got Damon Wayans behind bars sounding like he's so knowledgeable. Matter of fact, why don't you play that clip, John? First of all, we must internalize the flatulation of the matter what? by transmitting the effervescence of the Indonesian proximity in order to further segregate the crux of my venereal infection. This. <laughs> <laughs> if I may retain my now, liquids here for one moment. Yeah, if I may retain my liquids here for a moment, right? Uh, see, that's what people talk at all times with stuff. And if you actually listen to them, you would be laughing like I am. And so, you know, that's what I do in my training. I bring the unknown into the known. I bring the darkness into the light. Uh We are unconscious creatures. But I teach people how to get out of the pastor seat and get in the driver's seat, become consciously aware of what's going on in their life. And so the week after show, uh, classes, I always like to have our graduating class join me. And so today we are blessed. We have a beautiful young woman who is a graduate of Team 222, and she's going to join us in this segment. So let's welcome Olivia to Like It Matters Radio. How are you doing, Olivia? Hello. I'm doing good
3: today. Thank
1: you. You are doing great. Quit lying to my audience. You are doing great. <laughs> I know you are. fantastic. So, uh, Yes, you are. That's right. That's right. That's right. So uh, Olivia is actually uh, a, a team member of my son. So she was in my son Christian's uh, uh, class uh, at Burton Adventist Academy in Arlington, Texas. And so my son Christian uh, has been encouraging uh uh, Olivia to attend our training uh, and Olivia had the courage to walk into that classroom last Thursday and so Olivia be, be honest it's okay we're we're big people here we can handle it five minutes into the class you're now in is going uh, what were you thinking what was going through your head
3: I was just I couldn't wait for Saturday to come <laughs> I couldn't wait to go home.
1: <laughs> Are we done yet? Are we done yet? Are we there yet? Are we there yet? <laughs> it's intense, it's right?
3: It really yeah. is. Would
1: you would you say it's one of the toughest things you've ever done? Uh
3: mm, yes. <laughs>
1: Okay, yeah, and I do that lightly. I know the answer already. Wouldn't ask the answer if I didn't know. I a question if I didn't know the answer. <laughs> it, it was tough, it, but let me ask you some. You were there for forty-eight hours. Remember, I met you uh, outside the classroom. I'd have seen you before, of course, at five o'clock on that Thursday, uh, and we were finished with graduation, and everything, by four p.m. on that Saturday. So technically, less than forty-eight hours. But uh, but tell me, how long did you feel like you were there? I mean, did it feel like 2 days or did it feel like more?
3: It felt like weeks. <laughs> when I first drove away yeah. to go home, it felt like a new a new world.
1: <laughs> yeah, let me ask you. That's a great question. Like you said it felt like a new world. You're you're what? 21 years old? Yes. Okay, 21 years old. Uh, and so uh, you, you go outside, and you had new eyes on. You had new ears on. You had uh, new feelings on. It's a brave new world. You you saw things that you had seen before, but they looked different. They, I mean, is that a fair statement?
3: Yeah, no, you're right. It was different. Yeah.
1: And isn't that amazing? And, and again, you had two days but it felt like two weeks. And let me tell you why. In that class, I require intense focus. Yes? Is that correct? Yes. Everything that you did that weekend was scheduled. There was no downtime. Is that correct?
3: Oh, 100%.
1: (laughs) Yeah. And so I commanded and created a scenario for you to live 100% in the now moment. And that's why... You felt like it was two weeks because I teach people how to steal time by being fully present because most people are living in the past or preparing for some future that's not guaranteed. But for that 47 hours, you were fully present in the now moment, and that makes all the difference in the world. So tell our listeners, uh, you know, you spent 48 hours with Mr. Black. What's different about Olivia today than Thursday when she walked in that classroom?
3: Oh, so much. When I first walked in, I was not excited to wake up in the morning. But when I left, I realized how important my attitude is, things that I think, how much I um, impact my day, the way I start it. And now I get up, I envision my success I think about the things that I'm going to do about the great day that I'm going to have. And it's, it's been a really big change
1: huge change. I mean, I I talked to you earlier and so, so much of a big change. And again, you don't have to share any details, but uh, we've all had trauma and drama in our past. And a lot of us uh, are handicapped uh, where I know I share my shortcomings. I share my trauma with you in class that it's basically taken me 35 years to clean up a lot of trauma from my childhood. You know, we have family of origin issues and uh and again you don't need to go into any details but in this class you realize that there was something big in your past that was keeping you from moving forward is that a fair statement yeah for sure yeah now, was it something you were just afraid to deal with, something you weren't aware of, something that you thought you had dealt with? And, again, you don't have to give any details. I'm just kind of wondering about that thing. What do you think was 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 making you hold on to it so much? What was going on?
3: Um, I knew it was there, but I was just too scared to let go. Sometimes I get comfortable with being sad, but, you know, realize I have to let it go.
0: Mm-hmm. And forgive
3: yeah. myself for it and move forward cuz it's just going it's just been holding me back.
1: Yep. And you're a, you're a believer in the God of the Bible, correct? Yes. Yeah. And the Bible says very clearly, uh unless we forgive, then God will not forgive us. And let me ask you, is it easier to forgive other people than to forgive yourself? Yes. And so, if I was to do something wrong to you and I was to say, "I'm so sorry, uh Olivia, I did not mean to do that. You'd most likely forgive me, correct uh,
3: yeah I will say yes,
1: <laughs> yeah, and but yet you don't up until now, you haven't given yourself that same benefit of the doubt, correct,
3: correct.
1: So I'm just curious, what do you think it's cost you? And again, no details, you don't go to details. But what do you think it's cost you by not forgiving yourself or holding on to that thing in the past? What do you think it's cost you up until now?
3: Uh, a lot of, it's cost me a lot of happiness, I feel, because I just bring myself down and that affects me. And also it affects my loved ones, one, those around me, the people I interact with. So I think it's it's experiences because I want to hold on to the pain.
1: Yep. And, and that's so interesting what you say. I see that all the time. I want to hold on to the pain. Now, that say sounds crazy to people out there, but we all do it. And somehow we get something from it. it, it it's Again, um, it's not a political conversation. Just like this, the whole Black Lives Matter piece, there's a there's a pain that has to be held on to. In order for that whole movement to ha- even exist, they have to hold on to that pain. In order for a union to have any viability, there has to be conflict between management and union. Do you see how those things work? That we get something by holding on to the pain, by holding on to the anger. And... And yet, in our lives, I'm not sure what we get, but somehow in our programming, we tell ourselves that we need to hold on to this. But you're now ready to let that go. Is that a fair statement? Yes. Yeah, and it's a big deal. It's a big deal. I mean, I appreciate you sharing this because I could hear the emotion. And this is not something little, this is a big deal. But this is, I want to give people hope, Olivia. There's so many people out there that have, are, are living a scenario like you that don't believe there's a chance, that don't believe they can deal with it, that don't believe that they can ever change. Uh, and you know now that that's different. You went to my class. And now you come out of my class, one, aware how big that thing was, and two, you're ready to deal with it. So what would you tell people listening right now that that they have some trauma in their past and they they haven't forgiven themselves or they haven't forgiven someone else and they can't let go of it? If you were counseling someone that was you, that was in your position before our class, what would you tell them?
3: I would say um, trust that it will feel to let go than it feels to hold on. And there's a really beautiful life waiting for you once you let go.
1: Amen, amen. What are you excited about today, Olivia? You're 21 years old, you're beautiful. Uh, You're getting ready to graduate from college. What are you excited about today as we talk?
3: Uh, I'm excited to go and live. Um, I've just put all my focus onto school, which is good, but that's, keeping me going up until now and it got really tiring but now I'm ready to you know live to love to enjoy life to be young
1: uh and you got a uh, you notice you got a lot more excitement a lot more energy without carrying around all that burden you've noticed your energy level increase have you mhm yes yeah, it's so cool. Well, we're getting ready to go to heartbreak. Thank you so much, Olivia. I, I appreciate you coming on and sharing with us. And uh, you and I will be talking. Check your email. I sent you over some stuff, and then we'll connect later on this week, okay? All
3: right, thank you.
1: Everyone, trust Mr. Right, Black. Hi Olivia, God bless you. Ah, uh, Thank you so much, Olivia. Have a great day. Bye-bye. Yeah, like she said, trust Mr. Black. See, she had to pay $2,000 going to two-and-a-half-day class but you get to listen to me on the radio every single day and go to the podcast, Living Life Like It Matters. I am Black, and I'll be right back.
2: That's like it matters.net.
1: Ah, Welcome back to Like It Matters Radio. Radio, like it matters. Living life like it matters. That's all we have. You know, there's no greater purpose in life than to live your life for a cause. And what greater cause is there than to live your life like it matters? You know, there's only one of us. God broke the mold after making us. You know, since the beginning of time, there's never been another person like you. Nobody has your smile, your eyes, your hands, or your hair. Nobody owns your handwriting or your voice. And all the time, there has never been anybody who laughs in exactly your way. And what makes you laugh or cry or think may have a totally different response in another. You are the only one in the whole of creation who has your particular set of abilities, there's always going to be someone who's better at one thing or another. You know, think about this. Every person could be your superior in at least one way. That's not a big deal. But nobody in the universe can reach the quality and the combination of your talents, your feelings. Throughout all of eternity, no one will ever walk, talk, think, or do exactly like you. You are rare. And in all a rarity, there's enormous value. And because of your great value, the need for you to imitate everyone else is absolutely wrong. You happen to be special. And it's no accident that you are. Please realize that God made you for a special purpose. He says, I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you, not to harm you. Plans for hope in the future. He says, I prepared for you in advance good works for you to walk through. See, he has a job for you to do that no one else can do as well as you can out of the billions of applicants only one is qualified only one has a unique and right combination of what it takes and that one is you and so we are blessed because keeping with the the motto of today's show a clown in the world circus we're being played and one of the biggest tools with the biggest cudgels being used against us is skin color the lie of this race war there is one race The human race. Yeah, we have different markers, skin color, and eye shape, and hair, and widow's peak, and not widow's peak, and rolling your tongues, or not rolling your tongues. All those uh, are, are, we all come from the same, I say, God goo but they show up differently for each person. It's a random, a whole bunch of stuff thrown together. It's potpourri, uh, it's goulash, if you will, human goulash. And boy is God a great cook, a great cook. And with that in mind, I am blessed to bring on our next guest. I really don't know the man, I've I've interacted with him a little bit on Facebook, but he, he seems like he's on a right path, a right pattern. Uh, his name is Adrian Lyles. Uh, Adrian is the founder of the Pool Movement, People United in Life, Liberty. PULL is a nonprofit organization that seeks to educate on the history of race and the deleterious. I love that word, Adrian, deleterious effects this construct has caused in our society. By doing so, the organization hopes to empower people to be more than their color of their skin and encourage to be the best version of themselves. Along with several other talented people, Mr. Lyles has utilized various platforms to share the emboldening message that each person has a purpose in life. And this is not to be reduced to their irrelevant spectrum of their skin color or physical appearance. So with that, let me welcome my brother and friend, uh, Adrian Lyles, to Like It Matters Radio. How you doing, brother? I'm doing fantastic, Scott. How are you? Well, I'm doing, a, you know, I'm in the hands of God, brother. I'm in the hands of God. You know, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, in the Amen. hands of God. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's so uh, you, you got to tell me, Adrian. So what stirred you up? I mean, we're creatures of habit, but more importantly, we have a, a will to meaning, that everything we do, we have something driving us to do it. So so what caused Adrian Lyles to start the pull movement?
2: Yeah, so that's a great question. Thank, thank you for having me on, Scott. So the 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 motivation behind the pull movement for me is uh personal and uh, just to be transparent I'm selfish in this regard uh, I I have seen I have seen a world evolving to a place where where we no longer promote individuality like you described you know that you are uniquely and wonderfully made you are yep. beautiful you are rare I, I love the phrase i took notes when you were speaking earlier human goulash i, I mean i love that like you're the only <laughs> one and i i, I yeah. saw a, a world that diminished the individual and uh for for me it, it goes back about 30 years you know uh, i i lost an, an uncle to uh to similar circumstances to that of George Floyd, and uh, you know he he died at the hands of law enforcement, and not to not to put the two in the same category, but they were extremely similar. Yeah, I understand. And when I saw what happened to George Floyd last year, I, I I recognized what followed that more than the act of you know what happened to George, what the communities and cities did all around the country and around the world this this protest this this rioting burning of buildings it was eerily familiar of 1992 with rodney king my uncle died in 1992 and Mm. it was just months apart from the death of my uncle and the riots of, of the rodney king riots and i realized that we as a as a people as humans are spinning in the circular pattern of death and destruction, death and destruction. Someone dies, we destroy something. And there was no solution. There was no proposal of solutions at all of how to deal with this identity crisis that that we are suffering at large, pr- pr- primarily in the Western world, but all around the world. Yeah. People suffer these, from this identity crisis. And so for, for, for me, it was... My personal experience overlaid with the the societal destruction of itself, and there was no there was no proclamation of a proposal. Now, and I've listened to some of your material, and I know that you're a man of faith, Scott. So, God mm-hmm. has already yes. given the answer, right? But yep. it Amen. seemed like no one was willing to go out and share it. And so, the pull movement stems from this desire to see my sons. I have two boys. Uh, my sons grow up in a world that no longer looks at them based off of their physical appearances, rather for the content of their character. I know that's a rare statement. You've never heard that before.
1: Never, ever, never. Right? <laughs> I mean, like, <laughs> what a radical idea! Um, uh, wow. But,
2: <laughs> but that—that was—that was my my motivation is to 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 to, cre- to create a message that's not a new message. But to package it in a way that people would then begin to look introspectively to themselves and ask the question why have we allowed for centuries to be classified in a group based off of arbitrary, irrelevant? factors such as the shape of our nose and the shape of our eyes and the shape of our lips or our skin color or our hair texture. These are totally arbitrary factors. And we've classified people based on them. And what happens is you see this this continual behavior within certain groups based off of their adoption or belief that they belong in a certain class. And it's destructive so that the, the word I use often is deleterious it, it's destructive it destroys great word that's indigenous. a great word <laughs> yeah I'm sorry, sorry I didn't that, mean to cut job. I love
1: words go ahead
2: <laughs> no you're good so no I mean that for, for for me that was that was my my driving passion when I when I look at my sons my two boys who will go out into a world that will throw labels on them and they will if they don't get this training which I you know my wife and I We're we're pouring the word into them. If they don't get that understanding of who they are, they will buy into the belief that they are who someone else says they are. And that that is the definition of slavery, right? If if, if I'm not free to be me, if I am only who you say I am, then I am enslaved to you. And I can't go around, and I don't want my sons going around believing that they are oppressed or trapped or uh, confined when there is a Savior who said that he set them free.
1: Amen. And, and then, you know, because I, I bring all the pieces together, Adrian. I bring in the psychological, the biological, the leadership piece, the the creative piece, the biblical piece, and, and God's given me a, a, a piece of light that's kind of unique. And, you know, Ralphie May, I was listening to the comedian Ralphie May. He's with the Lord now, hopefully with the Lord, but he's no longer on this planet. He did a piece that's uh, been passed around uh, Facebook on on about race and how race is being used to manipulate us to control us to it's almost like a distraction to take us off from what our quote masters are doing the the government the deep state whatever and to turn us against each other but but you you had said something so powerful that i want to pick up on you said that you want your sons to self-define and this is one thing I've learned in 30 years working with people at a deep level, uh, is most people have been defined by experience. They've been defined by a radical thing. They've been defined by some trauma. But I think you hit it right on the nose that if we don't define ourselves, then other people or circumstances will. And you want your kids, your boys, to define themselves, Correct.
2: Absolutely, man. That's the most for 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 me. Not just that. So I want to cl- I want to clarify something, Scott. Not just defining themselves and rejecting the definition of society. More importantly than in anything, is understanding the definition that was created for them. Right. That each each person has a purpose, and if 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 my sons seek the purpose that was laid out for them then their definition will already be right, but what Amen. happens so Amen. often is that we we don't seek our purpose, the one that was the the path that was laid for us. We just accept the one that society says, okay, this is what you're supposed to do, and this is what you're supposed to think, and this is where you're supposed to go, and we never we never
1: seek out our own true identities, and that can only up be until now up. we're yeah. Yeah, we're going to a hard break. We're going to a hard break right now. Let's hold that thought, and we'll pick it up right after the break, okay? I am Mr. Black, and we'll be right back. At Like It Matters, we're about feeding people, but not in the traditional sense. For it is written that man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. As conduits, we want to feed people with hope, belief, and an understanding that they have the power and the freedom to control how they feel and the way they think. Our daily buffet of encouragement and assistance is served through our trainings, our radio show, one-on-one counseling, and sharing the word through wayofwarrior.blog. As this year comes to a close, please consider Like It Matters for your year-end tax-deductible donations. We will use the gift of your donation to bring inspiration, education, and application to those suffering from trauma tied to abuse, molestation, PTSD, drug addiction, and more. Thank you for considering Like It Matters as one of your donation destinations. To help us help others, please donate today at likeitmatters.net/slash nonprofit. That's likeitmatters.net/slash nonprofit. As I believe in my heart, you hear it all the time in society: no justice, no peace. I'm going to tell you right now: there is no justice on this side of eternity. And as long as we're at war with God, there will be no peace. No Jesus, no peace. That's why we've got to know Jesus, so we can know peace. And speaking of that, we are so blessed to have the uh, founder of the Pool Movement, Mister Adrian Liles, with us. Adrian, welcome back to Like It Matters Radio.
2: Thank you, thank you. I love that phrase, by the way. No Jesus, no peace.
1: That's good. Isn't that great? Yeah, I got that one time when I was going into uh, my um, a ministry work. I went on a mission trip to London, and my uh, ma- uh, my wife went on this website. I think it was called Out of This World or something like that. And there's this red hooded sweatshirt that had it both ways: N O Jesus, N O Peace, and it was K N O Jesus, K N O Peace, O W Peace. And I go that is so spot on, and I just fell in love with it. I've been saying it ever since. But uh, uh, before the break, you were talking about uh, not only uh, not having your uh, kids defined by society, but you had said you were alluding to the fact that God already has a plan for them. God already has a purpose. So uh, if you want to finish that thought, I'm sorry we had to cut you off. Go ahead.
2: No, no problem, man. I I think that that's, that's lost in society, even for those who proclaim to be believers of the Bible and the God of the yep. Bible, is that yep. we, we forget the, the greatest command is this, to love the Lord your God with all your soul, strength, and might. And then the second greatest command, Jesus says, is just like it, it's to love your neighbor as yourself. Here's where we miss it. Yep. Can I love my neighbor if I don't love myself? Well here here let's Impossible. go. Here deep. Can 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 I love myself if I don't know myself?
1: Right? Nope, can I even logic.
2: know yep. myself good if logic. I don't know from whence I've come, right? And that's the problem is that we nope. we've distorted yep. the value of self. We've distorted yep. like where from, where we've come from and and when we do that, we can't truly love ourselves and we can't truly love our neighbor. And that's where I think society nope the society break begins is the loss of self.
1: And and you're right, and that's what society's done is de, is devalued uh, the value of human life. I mean, let's be honest. I mean, the whole promiscuous uh, society where we sleep around. I, I counsel girls all the time in my class. We just had Olivia on uh, on the radio before. She's 21 years old, beautiful young woman. And I tell these people all the time, you've got to value yourself. If you give yourself away to every man that's cute, every guy that says the cute little word to you, or I like you, or what. I mean, you're saying you have no value. And so we have a world that says, just give yourself away. If you love is a feeling and if so, you have a spark with someone, go ahead and go to bed with them. Uh, You know, we, we devalue that and think about this. What did Hitler do uh, to the Jews before he started slaughtering them? He devalued them. He made them like dogs. Uh, and that's, if you look at any of these, uh, what is it, uh, Saul Alinsky rules for radical. If you look at Joseph Goebbels work in the Nazi propaganda machine, it was always about devaluing the opponent, make them like dogs. And in, in today's America, we've done that to conservatives. Uh, we've done that now to, to people who are, are Christian, real Bible believing Christians. We've told them basically that they're, they have no value. And so when we start devaluing human life, that's when we start killing each other, slaughtering each other, treating each other poorly.
2: Absolutely. You, that, the destruction of value is the art of war. Right? It, I, I was studying a few years ago on how, how, how war, the goal of war is to destroy capital. And what most people don't understand about capital, right, so we think of, most often people think of capital as like money in the bank, but those who understand capital understands that, you have human capital. You have real mm-hmm. capital, real estate capital, intellectual capital. And the, the goal of yeah. any war, and we're in a spiritual war, is to destroy capital. And so if I can destroy your your, your self-worth, your self-value, that capital mm-hmm. destruction, then I'm winning the war. If I can destroy human capital, if I can destroy your intellectual capital, then I am winning the war. And so we must preserve and protect you know Our intellect, our self value, and everything that we consider to be of worth uh, in order to be uh, you know valiant fighters in this war.
1: Yeah, and, and now we're segregating out. I, I hear it all the time, uh, uh, and I, I do this on Facebook, and it's, it's edgy, but you get people on Facebook that are black, that are colored, uh, and they put their, look what they're doing to our people, look what they're doing to my people. I'm like, who are your people? And I always go to, you and I were talking the other day and I said this, I go, I go, to, when Jesus was told, you know, his mother and brother were outside, Jesus' answer is all of our answer. He goes, who is my brother? It's Matthew 12, who is my brother? Who is my mother? But he points to the disciples and he says, those who do the will of my father, that is my brother. That is my mother. That is my people. I don't get when people say, look what they're doing to my people. I always wonder who are your people? Because my people are anybody that's walking, breathing, talking, that's a creation of God. And my brothers and sisters are those who follow the same God, Jehovah, Yahweh, Adonai, El Shaddai, El Elyon, right? Yes. So, uh,
2: Mr. Black, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw something completely radical at you. And Radical you identify, uh, you're right, because, you know, you can identify as black because it's your name. I, I, over the past yep. several years, I have I have rejected the label of black for two reasons. Mm-hmm. One, because it has no definable parameters. Black and white cannot be defined. I've asked the question a thousand times. How do we define these terms? And there's no consistency in the definition. If you go to the U.S. Census Bureau and, and look at how you're supposed to describe and define black, I think it says something to the effect of those who have uh African origin Well I was born in Alabama so I originated in Alabama <laughs> so, like okay so that doesn't apply <laughs> yeah. so, I, I try to I try, I, try, I try to try to stress the importance of understanding l- labels right so black yeah. it seems so minuscule uh, but it's it's, yeah. it's a heavy it's a heavy burden that people walk around and you talk about how people say my people yeah. I associate those who share, in the values, the ideas, the belief systems that I do as my people—people people who, who, first, first and foremost, those who believe that Jesus is the Son of God. If if you are a proclaimer of Jesus the Messiah, then you are my brother. You are my sister. Amen. And then, of of course, I can define my 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 biological. Uh, you know, lineage. My brothers, my biological brothers, my sisters, my cousins, my mother, my father—those who I can uh, identify as biologically related. But as you were saying before, I don't—I I can't put that above Christ. I can't put nope. my biological brother above my blood brother in Christ. And and so nope. when we talk about. Our our people or our groups, we've got to break that bond. That Amen. anybody who has a similar shade of skin that that like us, then we must associate with them by default. That's actually a very oppressive and destructive mindset, right? It's limiting. Only the people that look like me are part of are part of my people group. Yeah, that's that's, that's, a, that's a label that, yeah. I can't, that I can't that I can't even embrace.
1: Me neither. I got one last question. We're getting ready to go heartbreaking. I always break one word to uh, 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 agree with what you're saying. Megan Markle. I look at Megan Markle and like, she's black. <laughs> I mean I'm looking like are you no she's not. Come on. Are you saying her mom's black? Are you ser- I mean she she I, I would never have thought she was black, but yet she's a she's a victim because she's black stunning. Real quick, we got about a minute left before I gotta cut it off. But uh, how will you know when pool's successful? How will you know when your outcome's accomplished with the pool movement? What will it look like? Yeah
2: so w- our our goal is to re- to remove the classifications of people based on color when we can have the question of of race removed from uh, voter registration cards, when the question of race is removed from mortgage applications, from school registration forms, when the question of race is removed from marriage applications, as it is in some states, then we'll say that we have uh, we've achieved our goal. The goal is to identify humans as humans. The, the classifications of humans based on, on color
1: is destructive, it's oppressive, and it's deleterious. Awesome. How can people get a hold of you, Adrian? What, what, tell them how they can get a hold of you.
2: Yeah, so you can reach us online at LetUsPull.com. You can go to our website and view our material there. You can also donate to uh, the, the Pull Movement. It's a nonprofit organization. Uh, simply focus on dispelling the myth of race. You can also reach us on social media and, and Facebook and Instagram at The Pull Movement and uh, reach out to us to, to, to schedule uh, presentations. We're doing presentations right now to, to inspire people, to educate, to
1: empower, and to encourage people to be more than the color of their skin. Awesome. All right, brother, we're going to a break. God bless you, and we'll talk soon, my friend, okay? Indeed, man. I appreciate it. Thank you. Awesome. So you are under construction on the Like It Matters Radio Network. I am Mr. Black, helping you become more hopeful about your future, reminding you, when you live your life like it matters, it does.
0: You've been listening to Like It Matters Radio with Scott Black. Your source for inspiration, education, and application. Learn more and register for an upcoming class at likeitmatters.net. That's likeitmatters.net.